Well, back into the work week we go. If we had work, yeah, Omicron is here and worse than before. Monday, March 28th, 2022. I'm Steven Sersky. This here is my daily audio digest. And it's a new week. It's a new episode. New post. I post these between Monday and Friday every week. And I put them on my website, stephensersky.com. I have archives and everything. I updated those this uh, this weekend. Although I was having trouble. The internet has been... Uh, not so good lately, and there, there could be any number of reasons for it. I'm not entirely sure why th- th- it wasn't working well this weekend. I got most of the MP3 files loaded, but uh, could not uh, get everything. So if there's one or two missing, I'll have to go through it again later on and uh, fix those up. But yeah, we are not busy at all. Um, and as far as I know, even a lot of the other students... That I know a lot of the other teachers, they're still teaching online. Uh, so it's it's almost very indicative, or not indicative, it's, it's sort of a, an indication of just how much we should be moving online for a lot of this stuff and cross-border. Uh, it, it doesn't even make sense to stay within any one border anymore, uh, to tell you the truth. Um, which actually, it kind of came up, Today, uh, I was listening to this podcast, and they were talking about why Bitcoin was such a huge thing, and they were talking about, like, this decentralized and everything, and it sort of struck me, you know, as we move towards this digitization of uh, currency, of work, we're, uh, work, we're working from home, but like, for a guy like me, I'm working from home, but is China my home? It's not really. I mean, I wasn't born and raised here, and I can never get a Chinese passport. Um, and that's a, and it's like that in a lot of places in the world. So, like this whole idea of decentralized whatever, if you were given free reign on all your money and all your skills and all your possessions, like having your own Millennium Falcon, basically, your own little spaceship that zipped around or your Earth ship that zipped around that could go into uh, orbit or not or whatever... But if you ever wanted to land somewhere, you had to pay a tax. Would you do it? And the idea, bear with me. Imagine there's a tall tower, like we have here in Beijing, right? And there's several of these in a city uh, or an urban location that your little earth hub, your little spaceship could fly into and like a bubble attached itself to. And once it's done that, you pay a tax, like a land tax or whatever, uh, and then you're able to go around wherever you want, like uh, leave your little bubble and into the uh, space tower, into the tower or whatever, refuel whatever it is you need to do. But once you depart, you no longer pay taxes to that jurisdiction. You effectively aren't paying any taxes. You're not paying anything because you have no home base your home base is your little spaceship would you do that i mean think of all the stuff you have books clothes everything is just zipping around with you and and if you're mostly metaversing everything you know dialing it in you can change your clothes and maybe you're buying the latest designer fashions from 
Gucci or wh whoever makes clothes, Z Zara or are they are you? Maybe they'll get past that whole issue that they had last year. But the the idea being that everything is digital or you're carrying everything with you, everything's decentralized. No one's tell no one's telling you what to do, but then you have to go figure out what to do, how to do it, and where you can earn an income so you can actually buy things like, I don't know, food. Because <laughs> as much as living in a spaceship is, is uh, sounds like a great idea, um, what, at what age do you get your spaceship and how do you pay for everything? Right, so it's, uh, this, this was what, I, what came across my mind when uh, I was thinking of this whole decentralized uh, Bitcoin currency and working online and well if if china isn't my home where is my home sort of thing uh, and i'm sure a lot of expats sort of have that same sort of situation where they go well i'm not really like i'm not from here but i live here and i would live here as long as it's beneficial for for you know me and my family sort of thing right so yeah that's a uh, one thought that was Sort of uh, striking me as kind of interesting. Uh, Chinese class, I think I am coming to the end of uh, my weekend lessons. Uh, and the reason why, uh, there's actually, there's a couple of reasons. I was thinking about my progress so far and I was thinking about my goals. First of all, it's taken us a little bit longer to get through the textbook than I would like. Uh, we seem to plot along uh, in some portions, particularly going through new vocabulary, which I'm not sure if it helps me retain it any more than if we just kind of, you know, uh, went through it and then spent more time on the grammar, drilling the grammar rather than drilling the vocab. Like, there seems to be more emphasis on drilling vocab rather than drilling uh, grammar. And I know for a fact that... <laughs> one of the biggest criticisms of my, my spoken Chinese is my grammar is no good. And I've been asking, I've been looking for grammar drills, and I still haven't really found it, although this HSK5 prep book that I have uh, is is decently good. So this gets me thinking. Now, been in this class for five or six months already, as it is. Um, and it's a good class. Uh, and the others in the class, uh, well, we had a new student show up yesterday. And by we, I meant like I was the only one who was in class until this new student showed up. The other two veterans, uh, as I can call them, um, they have they were away yesterday, uh, and they are they're not interested in doing the HSK five tests at all. But this this new lady, um, and myself, and same with this other lady who had shown up a couple weeks ago, are interested in taking HSK five. Now, up until, you know, throughout this entire course, I've been thinking I'll do both. You know, I'll do HSK 5 textbooks, and I'll do this uh, short-term spoken Chinese textbook. So the short-term Chinese textbook, that's the book I use on uh, on Sunday mornings with my teacher. Uh, it's, it's the orange book uh, that if you ever study Chinese and your teacher holds up like this orange or green or blue book, it's one of those ones. Um, the HSK-5 is that purple book, and it, it's the standard Mandarin Chinese course that they teach uh, to everybody, basically. I 
and I've been thinking about it, I haven't been focusing on the HSK5 stuff because whenever I am, whenever I do have time, it's kind of like I'm trying to get that stuff uh, done for Sunday. I'm starting to think, what if, especially now that it's coming up to April and then May, and this is when I want to be writing the test already, what if I drop the class and then double down on the HSK5 studies? One thing that's given me a bit of uh, hope that I can pass the test, because it is like I do want to pass the test once and one and done sort of thing. I don't want to be taking it three or four times, not at all. I've been going through the vocabulary from the back of the book, from the, like the last chapter and moving forward, like moving backwards sort of thing. And I'm looking at it, enough of those words have popped up before that, um, that you know, I, I feel I don't feel like I'm throwing myself into the deep end that I wouldn't be able to figure it out. Now, the practice tests I've done before, I've done pretty terrible on <laughs> I'm not going to lie. They, horrible re- returns, horrible results. Now, how can I change this? One thing that the HSK-5 uh, or HSK tests in general focus on is a lot is a lot of reading, a lot of listening, and then as you get to the upper lo- uh, levels, it's a lot of writing. There's no speaking involved. Whereas my classes on Sundays, those are mostly speaking, very little writing, and very little grammar. Uh, a lot of vocab, a lot of speaking, a lot of free-form conversation with no structure. Whereas HSK-5 is all about the structure, about the characters, particularly if you can read them, and then being able to write them in a limited capacity, and then being able to read a substantial amount of text in a short period of time. So this is, I'm thinking of this going, this class is no longer serving the purpose I needed, or that I I need at this moment to finally push myself into that ability of HSK-5. And I mean, it came up again, like, why are, why am I studying Chinese? And it's basically, I'm, I'm going for the certificate uh, so that if I, if and when I do leave this country, you know, I could say I do actually have some sort of proficiency in the Chinese language. Uh, and in my understanding, it would be easier to take the written, the written and like, so I'm reading and writing type of uh, language with me rather than to take the spoken uh, language. Listening, you know, I thought was going to be easy, but with this whole clamp down on Russia, I can't access any channels uh, uh, that speak Russian anymore. It's Ukrainian. Okay, great, good, awesome. But even the Russian stations I can access through my uh, my APPs, I mean, they're glitchy. (laughs) So... Imagine if that were to happen to Mandarin Chinese. Again, so I'd be able to read my books. You know, I have a stack of them I haven't touched yet. Girlfriend finished uh, uh, one of the books, um, uh, Wen Cheng by uh, Yu Hua. Ye Hua. She finished it in two days. I'm like, uh, it's been sitting on my shelf for at least two years. <laughs> so uh, things like that, I kind of go, if I could have the ability to read possibly even to write Chinese. Writing Chinese is another level, to tell you the truth. And then worry about speaking. Uh, you know, that, that's sort of how I've been approaching this. Now, what has this course done for me? Uh, the, the one that I've been in for the last five or six months already. Well, there's there's been a few things 
that I, I was looking for that I feel as if I've accomplished enough of over time over the last five or six months that if I stopped going, I don't think I'd be missing out on too much. I don't think I would, I, like, I'd feel any regret. Uh, number one, I wanted to basically speak more. And this was three hours of concentrated speaking, uh, even though I will admit my own contribution uh, wasn't always as much as it could have been. Uh, basically, because I just, my vocabulary and my grammar, it wasn't readily accessible. So I was lacking in that uh, department. Not a problem. Number two, I wanted to practice on my listening. I mentioned before that my uh, listening, that my HSK5 tests, practice tests, were terrible. Well, one of the reasons is because when I was listening to things, I wasn't always sure of what I was hearing, uh, of what I was understanding of going on. Well, this course, one of the things I was able to do was practice listening to different people speak, particularly my teacher, but then the other uh, two students who are very good at speaking, from what I can tell, they're using the grammatical functions that I that are HSK5 specific, that are specific to studying language at this level, uh, Chinese language at this level, and I'm able to follow along. So, you know, check mark there. There's a little bit of success. Like I'm, it's it's not all just washing over my head, and I'm going, I don't get it. No, I, I it's 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 coming in. It's uh, it's arriving and it's being understood. So uh, that that was also one of the things I wanted to focus on. The other thing that I wanted to develop over time, and I had a bit of success uh, that I noticed over this weekend, um, was particularly at, at HSK five. You're supposed to start writing, and I want to do the paper test. So no computer assistance here. It's all all paper. Well, you have to write characters, Chinese characters, properly. You can't just guess it and go... They don't give you half points on wrong characters. If you got the radical on the wrong side, then it's wrong. <laughs> There's no like, well, you know, all the all the bits and pieces are there. They're just in the wrong order. Well, yeah, then it's wrong. <laughs> it's like writing an A with a tail on the left side. It's not an A anymore. It's a P. <laughs> or a, a super long tail on the right say, side going up. It's not an A, it's a D, right? Things like that. And, you know, a letter is a letter. Um, and so looking at this, one of the things I wanted to do was learn how to write quickly in Chinese. And given that I had to write what was going on the board, I wasn't the first couple of lessons, but I started, I was copying down what my teacher was writing. And I couldn't always read her writing, so I was kind of like, oh, is that I'd have to look it up in the dictionary oh that's how you write that character and there's some other ones I just didn't get at all uh, but it was still the process of getting you know into the habit of taking notes in Chinese not taking notes in pinyin or in English and so I was able to do that because this weekend I sat down to do my homework you know writing out a couple sentences and I realized I could write at least five or six characters you know, the standard easy ones that I was talking about formulaic language a couple weeks ago where, you know, chunks of language where you know the characters, you know the words. They don't really convey all that much meaning. I mean, they're all the, like, wo, jiga, nabiar, you know, places, this, that, me, you, simple verbs. <laughs> Just about anyone knows these words, but can anyone write them? And I'm being able to write them in a, a sentence that 
you know, leads into something. And of course, you get to the two or three characters that you actually don't know. But at least you can get part marks for your sentence. Not the characters, but for your sentence. As far as I know. <laughs> so it's, it improved there. So of all those things, speaking, listening, and writing, this, this course has been helpful. And I've sort of, I, I feel as if I've hit a certain level that uh, I'm not sure if, if I kept on going, I would have the same focus. Because I notice I'm getting distracted now. I'm getting distracted because especially with yesterday with this new student that came in, she was talking about doing HSK 5 in November. Well, I've been talking about doing HSK for the last five months. And no doubt, if you ask my Chinese teacher, she would say, well, you're not ready. Yeah, but I've, I've heard that from a lot of people before. And I kind of go, I still wrote the HSK 4 last year and I passed it. I mean, it didn't, wasn't great, but it's done. HSK 5 doesn't have to be perfect. I'm not going to go for 95%, 90%. I mean, I don't even think the native speakers can get 90% or 95% on these, these tests. They're, they're, they're known to be difficult, is what I'm saying. So, what if I stop going on Sundays take out that distraction, take out that method of study, the spoken study, and just simply focus on the vocab and the grammar necessary and the reading skills necessary and the writing skills necessary for the HSK-5 test. And then after I'm done the HSK-5 test, like I did last year, I think I'll take a couple months off from studying Chinese uh, although I might want to get the HSK 6 books just to have them around. But uh, then at the same time, I'd probably start focusing, or at least putting a little bit more effort into uh, Russian. As uh, I've, I've, it's, it's a bit of an easier language for me. Uh, I'm a, for, more familiar with the phonemes, the sound of it, the vocabulary. Uh, even though like my grammar is pretty rough, I do find I'm speaking a lot more... You know, fluently than I was before, uh, and I do have to improve it certainly. But it's one of these things where, if I had more time, I would I would love to be able to focus a little bit more on Russian, and then that way, you know, put Chinese off to, a, to the side for a little bit, just give my 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 brain a rest. Uh, so that's that's the idea. The other thing, if you haven't done this already, you expats here in Beijing, get your Chinese taxes in typically. There's a refund. So uh, China instituted a couple of years ago uh, personal or individual income tax. And uh, it's very simple. <laughs> Compared to the reams of paper or f the fields upon fields that you have to go through for Canadian taxes or the United States taxes. I mean, like, oh, you didn't submit Form 2A107B-C. And you're going... What? What form is that? Well, that's the form to acknowledge that you received form number T371A, and you're going, the f are you? If you ever kind of want to think about how, you know, Soviet times were, we make fun of this. So you can't get this stamp because you have to go to the stamp office across the street. The stamp office is closed. When do they open? 9 a.m. 9 a.m. when? We don't know. Just 9 a.m. You're going, how do you, how does a country function like that? Well, you know, we have tax systems like that. And although, you know, CRA and IRS, I mean, they are well-oiled machines and taking money and collecting funds for the, 
the federal governments, um, the amount of it's very complex. Chinese income tax is still very relatively simple. You have money, you have, you have taxes paid already, typically without negotiation of how much tax is going to be paid uh, on, a, on a striated level. Uh, and then you have certain other deductions, uh, namely you have your housing, like, uh, whether it's mortgage or rent, care of elders. But for care of elders, you actually have to, like they have to live with you. It's like, it's like basically if one of your parents or an aunt and uncle, like an uncle or a family member is like later on in years, that's basically the only time you're able to claim that elderly uh, care fee. Um, and same with like tuition, it has to be if you're a university student uh, or a secondary student here, uh, maybe not secondary, it's tertiary, so it's, it's like university studies. So if you're studying Chinese at the university, then you can claim your continuing education uh, credits, but otherwise private in, uh, tuition, no, nope, you're SOL on that one. So not, I mean, you don't really have to know five or six numbers. The the biggest complication with Chinese taxes, it's all in Chinese. <laughs> uh, and you have to kind of, today I got a message actually saying that I had to submit my housing contract. Um, because if you want to claim the housing uh, like credit, housing rent, sorry, rental credit, then you have to provide your contract. Um, and for the last couple of years, the ladies in HR have been able to deal with it. Uh, but as my Chinese has improved, <laughs> I realized I got the message and I was able to deal with the message, granted, with the assistance of Baidu Translate, uh, which is the Chinese version of Google Translate. So I was able to do that, submitted the uh, uh, rental contract because uh, it, it splits over two years. And I don't know how to submit that when I like when I initially put in my in income tax so contract starts in. September ends like September the next year, so it splits two tax years, right? So didn't know how to do that. They said you know, if you could provide us pictures of your contract, we will uh, continue processing your your claim. I was like, okay, let's do that. So got that done today. And uh, other than that, I was able to do some real world Chinese today. Uh, focused a little bit more on uh, learning about the Chinese stock market. I know a lot of people are scared of those words, like Chinese stock market. Do you trust it? I'm like, ah, as much as I trust the North American markets. I mean, <laughs> let's, just, let's just put this in perspective. I mean, here it's, yeah, it's a very young market. Whereas in the United States and in Canada, it's an old market. And if you think you're, like that whole AMC debacle last year, it's like, oh, the little guy's taking on the big guy. Nah, it was, there was so much large money huge money behind those moves the little guy can't move that much and the whole thing about robin hoods like they were selling order flows like they were they were benefiting off the the small guy just as much as the hedge funds that were supposedly being having their asses handed to them sort of thing i mean nah the, here in china there is much more private money in the system because the the elders <laughs> who have the money um, are sitting in the securities office and trading, whereas the young people, and the young people do it online, uh, but uh, the young people, now, to be fair, there are a lot of accountants. I mean, if you ever come and teach English here in China, 
you're going to meet a lot of accountants, a lot of financial analysts. I mean, it, it was a very popular uh, degree to get three, four years ago still. Now, I don't know if as many people are in it. I think it's uh, moved more towards like AI programming, uh, things like that. So, yeah, those are sort of the developments in terms of uh, education, although... Um, yeah, I still hear finance, accountants, uh, every now and then, but that's a bit more of a variety. Actually, we hear we hear a lot more of um, like fashion. There seems to be a fashion, and sometimes filmmaking pops up, and it's like, why would you study filmmaking? But they're studying actual filmmaking, like the technical side of film production, how to use these cameras and how to set your f-stop and your exposure and all that stuff, which you know, practical things. Who would have thought? Good idea. All right, I'm going to leave it there. I did manage to get a few more of the uh, March Motion projects up on my website, so you can take a look at that. I've linked to the YouTube videos, of course. Uh, and then also, I finally got one done today. I will not be able to get it up tonight. Uh, <laughs> I will not be able to upload it tonight. I will get around to that tomorrow. There's another couple of interesting projects, which I will have to talk about another day, because I think it's really interesting how... Uh, one guy is now integrating the free and open source uh, 3D graphics uh, blender program with motion. But I'll leave that to tomorrow and uh, talk a little bit about how the CG field is sort of developing, especially as from my, my own approach, uh, as I'm nearing April After Effects, which uh, is going to be my month-long challenge throughout the month of April. Folks, thanks for listening. Show notes and tracks available on my website, stephenserski.com. Hope you guys are doing well. Had a great weekend and are going to have a great week ahead. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again. Bye-bye.